Hello. Hello. I'm Jen. And I'm Purple. And, and we, we solemnly swear, swear we are up to no good. good. You're listening to Seriously Moves, a podcast by and for the Wolfstar fandom. Okay, so our fortnightly news, in-universe news, it is the beginning of May, which is the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts. Where nothing happened and no one died. Yes, nothing happened, no one died, and everyone was happy. The end. The end. Okay. Moving on. So in the fandom world, um, we have some wonderful uh, role-playing gifts coming out on tumblr recently the conclusion of if i could see your face by jess and tt and a whole bunch of other people so many other rps it was like a roll call of who's who tumblr rp i think yes but if you haven't re- read it or seen it or whatever watched it the, been involved <laughs> it's wonderful it, cried over it so. <laughs> So, and you don't have to wait until the next day for yes. it to come out because it's finished now. So you get one up on us. Yes. <laughs> Every day we were screaming at each other about what, what was happening. <laughs> but it's over now. You can read it at any time. Yeah. And I would, I would highly recommend go and check it out. It was a really cool storyline. And they are also about to release a new thread. horror thread. Yes. About... Tonks and Kingsley and Moody, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah, our favorite aura trio. Yeah, Jess, TT, and Jay. So we will put a link. Uh, I suppose we wouldn't put a link anywhere. It's not out yet. Well, if it comes out by the time we ah. release this episode, there will be a link in the show notes. Yes, and and <laughs> you should be following these people anyway. Really, if you're even slightly interested in Harry Potter RP, what are you doing not following the royalty? <laughs> <laughs> the fandom. And um, a lot of other RPers are going to come. I'm not going to list them all because there's a whole bunch of them. But on the 4th of May, which it will already be over by the time this comes out, but um, the seventh year Marauders are going to be taking a break from their newts. So if you go on Tumblr um, under the hashtag newts RP night, that's N E W T S R P N I G H T. Spelling. Spelling. Um, <laughs> and there's going to be tons of, of wonderful RPers on there. It's going to be really great. Yeah, I'm really excited to be antisocial on a Saturday night and sit and watch everybody avoid their newts, which is exactly what I would do if it was newt season. <laughs> uh, we've also got some uh, recent arts and fix that have been out and kind of taking fandom world by storm. Uh, if you guys haven't read Body Ache by Crown Cersei, uh, link in the description. It's beautiful. I could gush about this fic for about an hour. Uh, I do. I do. I tell everybody about it. It's great. Please go and read it. It's uh, smutty. Very. <laughs> Very. But but beautiful. Oh, in the best way. Yes. My notes for this uh, section include the words beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And that's it, really. So go and read that. It's great. <laughs> if you haven't read <laughs> the comic strip by um, Alessia John Trumpio, 
um, about James getting his Hogwarts letter and also the invisibility cloak from his parents. It's so adorable. And little 11-year-old James is so cute. Oh. So we'll have a link to that as well. It's so heartwarming. Their little faces. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, link that to it. It's beautiful. Go and read it. Watch it. Everything is beautiful. Everything is beautiful. That's the buzzword for today. Everything is beautiful. <laughs> Apart from one thing. Because right. So... Do you know, fandom, do you know Peter Pettigrew <laughs> has no birthday? Yes. We have um, our rave rant for this fortnight is that Peter Pettigrew does not have a birthday. So really, it's not surprising that he turned to the dark side. Yeah, because you know, I, I would, would turn to the dark too. side if I didn't have a birthday. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really sad. So if you have any suggestions for when you think his birthday should be, let us know. Yes. Is, give is him one. Peter Pettigrew a sweet summer child or in the depths of midwinter? <laughs> where is he? Tell us, where do you put Peter's birthday? Or do you think he doesn't deserve a birthday? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so upcoming fest. Um, Sign-ups are currently open for Daddy Fest until the 29th of May. Yeah, so prompting is available from the 1st of May to the 29th, where everyone can put in all their different prompts for various daddy-related things. I think it's all it's across all pairs, all ships. Um, it's not just Wolfstar. Although I am expecting a lot of <laughs> Wolfstar to come out. I'll be disappointed if it doesn't. Uh, and then uh, prompts close on like the 29th of May and sign-ups, if you want to participate and write, open on the 1st of June. And sign-ups for Drizzlefest yeah. um, are currently open. So that's also across all ships. Um, there's a bunch of really great prompts. Um, song prompts yes. there's all different pairings there's rare pairs um so it's yeah there's so much it's really wonderful i could have got way overexcited <laughs> and signed up on a whim and screamed for about an hour about the prompt that i picked so that's exciting uh but it doesn't start posting until autumn or fall <laughs> it doesn't start posting till fall you guys <laughs> You have plenty of time if you want to write a wee weather-based fic for your favourite ship. Check out the prompts. We'll link them down below as well. And Wolfstar Big Bang is about to start revealing or posting. They don't, they're yes. not anonymous, which seemed to be a theme this, <laughs> this go-round. Everyone thought it was anonymous, but indeed it yeah. is not. <laughs> nope. We get to know who everybody is straight off the bat. Um, yeah it starts posting on the 6th of May right up until end of May I believe we've got quite a few weeks of posting mm -hmm. so it's going to be really great look forward to it check it out all the art is wonderful oh I'm so excited I'm sure all the stories are going to be great yeah I'm really excited about that and what else has been what's been revealed recently Remus Lupin Fest was revealed end of last month end of April mm-hmm so if you haven't checked out who wrote your favourite fic for Remus Lupinfest, go back and bookmark everybody's work and go and read all their other stuff and squeal over how great it was. Everything was so wonderful. Everything was beautiful, you might say. It was. It was beautiful. It was. <laughs> there was some really, really amazing like standout fics that I loved and will reread for a long time. Okay, so let's get to our main segment. Da-da-da-da. Okay, 
Um, so we are going through the books, the <sighs> canon books, and pulling out all of the mentions of any of the marauders and Lily, because she's a marauder. Yeah, she's a marauder. Come on. Right. And discussing all of those scenes. Um, so obviously there are going to be a lot more as the series goes on. We're starting from the beginning. Start at the very beginning. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like a compulsion. I can't not. Um, so the first five chapters of Philosopher's Stone, um, I've pulled all of the mentions um, we only have James and Lily and one mention of Sirius. Which I will cry over, guaranteed. Yes. So the very first mention of them is in chapter one, when uh, Dumbledore and McGonagall are sitting on the wall at Privet Drive discussing Lily and James's death. Ugh. So not a really good place to start. <laughs> yeah. But here we are. It's It's... Yeah, I think it has to start this way. The way they talk about it is really interesting too, though. Let's let's read you what, what they say. So this is McGonagall speaking. She says, What they're saying, she pressed on, is that last night Voldemort turned up at Godric's Hollow. He went to find the Potters. The rumour is that Lily and James Potter are... are that they're dead. Dumbledore bowed his head. Professor McGonagall gasped. Lily and James, I can't believe it. I didn't want to believe it. Oh, Albus. And Dumbledore reached out and patted her on the shoulder. I know, I know, he said heavily. Uh, the, thing that, the thing that hits me about that scene is how McGonagall reacted, because we know that she loved James and Lily, and I feel like her gasp was really heartfelt. Yeah, she's, she's been sitting on this wall all day as a cat, <laughs> right? And it's nearly midnight. Dumbledore shows up and... She's so she doesn't know. She heard some rumors in the morning, but she showed up first thing in the morning. So she's been sitting on this wall all day and she doesn't know. And she's waiting for Dumbledore to confirm that these people that she cared about have been murdered. So she just, uh, McGonagall, I love yeah. her so much. Minnie, oh, um, she's the best. So then just um, a couple pages later, Hagrid shows up. Um, with baby Harry, <laughs> and um, he's riding a motorcycle, a flying motorcycle. And when asked where he got it, he says, borrowed it, Professor Dumbledore, sir. Young Sirius Black lent it to me. Um, so first of all, young Sirius Black. <laughs> oh, he was so young. It just makes me want to cry thinking about how young they are, honestly. Like, I forget that they're 21. That was so young. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because it brings up all kinds of questions about like Sirius being there. Um, was anybody else there? We don't have any mention of anybody else being there besides Sirius and Hagrid. Yeah. Um, but then Dumbledore's next immediate response after hearing Hagrid say that Sir like Sirius Black lent him to me. I've got him, sir, referring to Harry. And Dumbledore says, no problems were there. And the first few times I read the book, I assumed that Dumbledore was talking about like, you know, the house, he's mentioned that the house was destroyed. And so I'm thinking like, oh, did Hagrid have any problems getting the baby out of this house of rubble, you know? Mm. But this time I thought, oh, I wonder if Dumbledore is referring to Sirius. Did Sirius give Hagrid any trouble? Yeah, because he obviously had a reputation by that point 
in the order in Hogwarts of being a troublemaker, being one of the marauders, and also being Harry's godfather. So yeah. would he have put up a fight would giving he, him I over? I don't know. And would Dumbledore have expected Sirius to try to fight for Harry? Um, was he surprised? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was he surprised when he maybe didn't? Yeah. And another another important thing with this is that young Sirius Black lent it to me, talking about his motorbike. To me, the lending of the bike, Hagrid thinks that he's coming back for it, maybe? Yes, at the end, at the end of this chapter, Hagrid says, I'll be taking Sirius's bike back. Right, so... It, it's just interesting, like, mm. I wonder how that all went down you know like if Hagrid's bringing the bike back did he try to go back to Godric's Hollow yeah and bring yeah like where did he take it back to did he find right and then like when in that time did Sirius leave was he just hanging out at Godric's Hollow waiting for Hagrid to come back did he leave which I can't imagine him doing if I'm honest I wouldn't hang around my best friend's house well you know it's interesting because we know that the next thing he does is go hunting for Peter so it's it's an interesting thing to think about. He's saying, okay, I'm going to wait here for Hagrid to bring my bike back. Mm. And then and he's then I'm gonna wandering go. around the house. And it's building. And it's, yeah. Right, it's built, and then yep. all of a sudden he's like, I can't do this anymore. I've got to take off. And he takes off after Peter. You're getting me emotional. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is very emotional. Uh, okay, let's move on. You, you know, you know Sirius in, in, the, in Godric's Hollow is my, my weakness, like my Horcrux. <laughs> or my kryptonite yeah. or some other <laughs> word. I can't do it. Makes me so sad. Moving on, please. Chapter okay. chapter four. Right. So the next mention we have is chapter four when Hagrid comes to tell Harry that he is a wizard. Hold on, hold on. Okay. You're a wizard, Harry. Carry on. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> this is the first time that we have um, mention of Harry's the way that Harry looks in comparison to his parents. It obviously comes up a lot, mm-hmm. but Hagrid is the first person to say it. You look a lot like your dad, but you've got your mum's eyes. Yeah. The infamous line. Yes. I think it's interesting that there's a lot of talk about Hagrid as and his importance as a character, as a relationship to Harry. And I think a lot of it comes from this beginning bit that he was one of the only people who seemed willing to talk about James and Lily at the beginning. Yeah, I agree. And you know, it's interesting, the parallels to Hagrid's role throughout the story in relationship to Harry, he comes and takes Harry into the world to the wizarding world. He's the one who carries Harry's body back out in book seven out of the woods, you know? Um, So, you know, he, he's the one who takes the first years in you know, across the boat. Mm. He's like, um, he's like the ferryman. Uh, Chiron. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I got, I got your Greek knowledge. I got yeah. you. Yeah. So I think, I think that's really cool. And um, I am, I, I just love his role. He always is, is the kind of instrument of planting seeds in the storylines. Right. Or even like in the Forbidden Forest, he's the one that takes Harry into the Forbidden Forest for his detention that first time yeah and I mean he's always planting the seeds you know in book in in Philosopher's Stone you know he's always the one who's who's messing up and telling things he shouldn't but then he's giving Harry and Ron and Hermione the information that they need to succeed 
um, which Dumbledore certainly does not do. Uh, yes. That's a different rant. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole, anyway. let's go back to rant or rave here. <laughs> right. We have some okay. strong opinions on Dumbledore. We'll leave that for another time. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about Lily a little bit. We get into Lily in in this chapter, chapter four, Keeper of the Keys, via Aunt Petunia. She goes on this rant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Harry seems surprised that they that she knew ab- about Lily and James being magical, and she says, mm-hmm. "New, new. Of course we knew. How could you not be? My dratted sister being what she was. Oh, she got a letter just like that and disappeared off to that." that school and came home every vacation with pockets full of frog spawn, turning teacups into rats. I was the only one who saw her what, for what she was, a freak. But my mother and father, oh no, it was Lily this and Lily that. They were proud to have a witch in the family. And then she met that potter at school and they left and got married and had you. And of course, I knew you'd be just the same, just as strange, just as as abnormal and then if you please she went off and got herself blown up and we got landed with you petunia honestly <laughs> which is quite a rant yeah uh, yeah i don't even know where to start with this i, I just <laughs> want to grab her by her shoulders and shake her it, it shows that here's an interesting thing as you as you were saying that we always talk about them being unable to do magic until they're 17 but here's proof that Lily was turning teacups into rats. Well, when not she necessarily. On holiday. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I mean, when you think about Aunt Petunia and who she is as a person, right? She's going to take any mention of magic. Not she hated, she yeah. hated magic, right? She's angry when she's giving this speech. She's going to say things yeah. that are not necessarily strictly true or that are exaggerated. If Lily was at the kitchen table having, you know, writing, doing her summer homework, right? Say she has a transfiguration essay that she has to write over the summer and her parents are asking about it because her parents were so proud and interested in what she's learning at school. Yeah. And Petunia walks into the kitchen and she's giving it, you know, she's talking about this essay she's writing. Well, you know, Petunia might just interpret it that way, even if she wasn't actually doing any magic. Mm Mm-hmm. And Lily's going to come home with magic wands and uh, potion items and all these kinds of things that would probably make her room smell funny. And Petunia probably didn't like that. Yeah. You know, very true. I think it it says a lot about Petunia, how angry she is, though. Like still. Yeah, she's still. I mean, this is how many years later. I mean, yeah, well, she's had Harry in her house. She's been raising Harry for 10 Mm. years. And she's still mad. It was what? Lily died when she was 21. Don't say it out loud. So that's <laughs> that's 11, you know, 10 years before. So it's been 20-ish years yeah. since Lily got her letter. Yeah, and she's still mad about it. Right. And, she's, and yeah. she still remembers that's it. That's a long-time grudge, Petunia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Petunia. Uh, so a different perspective on Lily. Hag- Hagrid. Yes, the the nice perspective. Yeah, so Hagrid has this to say about Lily and James. I'm ready for the accent. Here we go. It's going to be awful. Ready? <laughs> so ready. Now, your mum and dad were as good a witch and wizard as I ever knew. Head boy and girl at Hogwarts in their day. Supposing the mystery is why you know who never tried to get him on his side before. 
probably knew they were too close to Dumbledore to want anything to do with the dark side. Very nice. Thank you. (laughs) Round of applause. Yay. So this is, I mean, to compare these two descriptions of of Lily and James, right? These are basically, like, we could be talking about two different people. Absolutely. Or, you know, two different groups of people, I should say. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that Hagrid seems to be really hung up on why Voldemort never tried to recruit Lily and James. Yeah, which um, which wasn't immediately uh, my first port. My, well, my first port of call was why would Voldemort want Lily and James? Because it, she's she's Muggleborn and he is married to a Muggleborn and associates with Muggleborns and doesn't have the ideals that he would be looking for. Which is why that kind of threw me at first. Yeah, but you know, I think. It must have been that Voldemort and the Death Eaters were recruiting so heavily yeah. that it was surprising that like they were going they must have been going after anyone who had who was powerful. It it says something about how good a witch and wizard witch and wizard uh, James and Lily were. That I think it says more about that than their blood status or whatever. Right. It says more about how accomplished they were and it and it gives some credence as well to the thought process that Sirius and James had about um the Fidelius charm Mm. and playing that switch Mm -hmm. um if the Death Eaters were recruiting so heavily and so calm like so uh publicly that Hagrid is has been wondering why you know for 20 you know for 11 15 years i don't know how long long time you know that voldemort never tried to recruit lily and james they must have been doing it Mm. very publicly and very often yeah and especially someone like hagrid who spends the majority of his time on hogwarts ground for one to not not hanging out with people that much like we see him in the great hall quite a bit but I don't know, he seems like a kind of person who's quite removed from the society, and yet he still manages to pick it up. Yeah, that's true. I also have to wonder, right, here's me being a little bit of a cynic here, how much of this JK just wanted to add into the story, and we're doing the classic English lit thing of let's over-analyze every word. (laughs) Sure, of course. Of course. I mean, some of that is going to happen no matter what, right? Yeah, totally. Um, it's what happens. Especially in these first few chapters when this is all exposition, right? Like this is JK Rowling establishing the world enough for mm-hmm. you to understand what's happening. So we need to know that Petunia didn't like her sister, yeah. that we have a good impression of Lily and James, you know, later on, we'll get more into things that actually happened when they were in school and maybe they weren't so things weren't so black and white. Right. Yeah. But for right now it's, it's the Dursleys are bad. They hated everyone and everything in the wizarding world is good except for Voldemort who disappeared. Right. Like that's the world that she's trying to establish. Absolutely. That you've like boiled down seven books <laughs> in a sentence. Um, and I, I do, I do think it's interesting that Hagrid repeats several times how nice Lily and James were. They were good. They're nice, mm. and you know, we we kind of know that 
they didn't always make the best choices, especially James, when they were at school. Oh, James. Um, but the other thing is, you know, Hagrid is much older than than Lily and James. Yeah. So, so when, when did Hagrid? So Hagrid got expelled when Voldemort was in school, right? Which was like the 40s um, from the top of my um, head? Grindelwald was defeated in 45. Okay. Hold on. I'm just going to Google it. Whoa. Voiced by Eddie Izzard. Oh, no. In the Lego Batman movie. Got so confused. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. When was he in school? Um, so Hagrid attended in, it says, attended in, in 1940. And then he was expelled in his third year. So 43-ish. So he would have been well there, yeah, before. He would have been working as a, the gamekeeper for mm. 30 years before James and Lily got there. So from his perspective, so he's more of a you know, like faculty staff person rather than a fellow student, yeah. which is going to color the way that he views students anyway. And he might not have known James and Lily very well until they after they graduated and joined the order and they started really working together. And making a name for themselves, as it were. Right. So onwards. Last chapter to discuss Oof. today. Chapter five, Diagon Alley. Which is like maybe one of the most exciting chapters, I think. I don't know. I I feel like this chapter is kind of close to my heart because I'm like, oh, Diagon Alley, look at all this whole new world. The way they're like back in the wall is just in my brain. Yeah, well, this is our first real introduction to the magical world, right? So Hagrid came in the last chapter. Mm -hmm but we're still in the muggle world, mm-hmm. right? Now Hagrid is bringing Harry into the real, like, wizarding, um, the wizarding world. Yeah. It's very exciting. So exciting. Um, so as far as uh, Lily and James go, the, the biggest mention of them, you know, we go see their uh, vault, or I guess it's now it's Harry's vault, um, in Gringotts. It's got tons of money in it. Probably from Fleamont, to be honest. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Because it's don't. In, I'm sure we know that James supported both him and Sirius. Is that canon or is that fanon? I never remember. We will find out. Yeah. No, we, <laughs> Sirius Stay did tuned. go and <laughs> and live with with the Potters. So we do know mm. that that. Anyway, I imagine it's from Fleamont because he was a babe. <laughs> Well, and also, I mean, not to keep talking about sad things, but <laughs> James didn't live long enough to make <laughs> a really big fortune. <laughs> How dare you? Okay. Anyway, let's talk about wands. Yes, please. Let's talk so, about James and these wands. Um, so Mr. Ollivander remembers every wand he's ever sold. Um, he also tells Harry that he has his mother's eyes. Yep. Um, and this is Lily's. Lily's description from Ollivander. It seems only yesterday she was in here herself buying her first wand. Ten and a quarter inches long, swishy, made of willow. Nice wand for charm work. And then he says, your father, on the other hand, favored a a mahogany wand. Eleven inches, pliable, a little more power, and excellent for transfiguration. Well, I say your father favored it. It's really the wand that chooses the wizard, of course. So I think we get our first... A bit of information about Harry, um, about James and Lily that make them real people, as it were. Right. Instead of sort of grounds them in the world a little more, and they're less these like held up ideals, and they're more actual people. Yeah, I completely agree. And we also get a little bit of insight into things that they um, might have been good at. Mm. Right. 
that Lily was had a wand that was good for charm work. So she, we're probably going to see her or hear stories about her doing yeah, a lot of good. You're doing anything. Yeah, she's not. Well, huh? um, versus James um, and his and Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. So perhaps we will look out for that. Yeah, and future. I feel like there are little bits that as fic writers, content creators, we can pull pull these bits directly out of canon and say, yeah, James was great at Transfiguration. It helped that Minnie was the the teacher, and so he loved the lesson. He loved Transfiguration. He like got on with it. He was great at Transfiguration. And you can like, I don't know, these little bits of canon that we can take and make our own. Yeah, and and you can get into all kinds of things. Like Lily's wand is made of willow. You know, a willow tree is a very unique kind of tree. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a pine or or a maple tree or something. It's it's so you know bendy. It just looks different. It moves differently. It grows differently. And so we can yeah, you know you flexible. can even go down a rabbit hole of of um. Or your wood ideas yeah, with that. Totally. Yeah. And, and even things like mahogany is kind of like the counter opposite of willow. You know, willow is really like bendy, swishy, watery. It's usually quite light. It's here's my uh, here's my wood law coming out a little bit here, but it's quite bendy and flexible. And whereas mahogany is like it's usually a really dark wood, it's really strong, it's used for a building. Yeah, things. when someone says I have a desk a mahogany desk, you know, you picture like yeah, a you're big like, you know, yeah. corner office CEO kind of desk that's heavy yeah. and for making decisions and banging gavels on. Yeah, absolutely. And your willow is like, man, I don't even know what I think with willow. I don't know. What do you think for willow? Uh, well, if I was going to make something out of willow, I would make... I think like, I'd want to weave something out yeah, of it. Yeah, I would want to make like a basket. I would weave it yeah. or um, perhaps make a, a broom or some kind of something that needs to move I wouldn't build something swishy yeah yeah I wouldn't build furniture out of it maybe a basket yeah and that's totally something that you can like dive into and think how that affects the characters okay so the next top section we have is opinions we want to know what your opinions are about all the things that we just discussed so Send us an email, write us on Tumblr, let us know, and we can discuss your discussions next time. Yes, tell us what you think. We want to hear. Do you think we're wrong? Do you think we're like babbling on? Do you think we're doing the English lit thing and reading into everything too much? Yes, tell us we what are. You think. <laughs> yeah, we are. Absolutely. Guaranteed. <laughs> That's but the point fun. of the fandom, though. Yeah, exactly. We have, we have these books and we can take them apart word by word and see where it gets us. So tell us what you think. Do you have any overwhelming opinions about wand materials and the lending of flying motorbikes? Okay, speaking of discussions, yes. what have we been discussing in the fandom this week? So here's the part where Jen scrolls through Tumblr for like half an hour to see what's been going on. It's been, it's been kind of quiet this week, this past few weeks. Well, we have had a really nice discussion recently in the Remus Serious Discord about jobs that Remus and Sirius have usually in in AUs right yeah um they're too busy saving the world in in canon right (laughs) usually you know people are always looking for new jobs to give them but I noticed a trend obviously not always but it seems to me that Sirius is given a lot of jobs that require like 
like physical jobs. Like he's either building something or he's a mechanic, a car mechanic, or um, even like being a model where he's walking and, and using his body. Whereas Remus is given the more like uh, cerebral jobs, mm-hmm. like teacher, writer, researcher. Editor. I see um, editor a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of things that yeah are more in the mind, which I think is kind of interesting. Here's me going off on a tangent here. Buckle in. I feel like a lot of, oh man, there's so much about Remus's physicality with him being a werewolf. That it's like the very opposite of being cerebral is being a werewolf. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. It just occurred to me that there seem to be a lot of themes that if there is a story that's in universe, Remus is very physically strong. Yeah. Whereas when when we try to translate that into um, a non-magical universe, it ends up coming up with him being physically weak. Yes. Um, where he has like some kind of degenerative disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes he has cerebral palsy or sometimes he has, you know, like, there's all different choices that people make. Yes. Lupus. Yes. You know, Lupus is but, a big one. Um, it, that, that dynamic is really interesting because we, as like, regardless of what actually happens in the book. Yeah. As, as treating fan fakers as separate. We as a community mm-hmm. have decided, right. Like we as a community have decided that in universe, Remus is physically strong. You know, his werewolf yeah, you magic get the werewolf gives metabolism, physical you get the, strength. Yeah, he's always like mm-hmm. built and kind of broad. I wouldn't say always. I mean, there's there's no iterations of him for sure. Of course, but but he tends to be, even if he's not like physically large, mm. he te- you know, there's comments on how he's extremely strong. He's stronger than he looks. Mm. He eats so much, and he has this metabolism, and he um, he can easily like out wrestle the other. Yeah, or even uh, things like his senses. Everything tends to be kind of up. So I, I like a lot of the. Oh man, I, I love Werewolf Remus, but I like his <laughs> senses. You know, they're always like heightened, and you can like smell Sirius across the room and things. Right. Whereas I think it'd be kind of interesting. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe actually he's so overwhelmed by all this stuff that it drops the other way sometimes. Yeah, and then or even here's a, here's another parallel. We get a lot of I see a lot of fix of like deaf and blind Remus or Sirius, and quite often it's Remus because in canon he's the one with this affliction Mm -hmm. and so we want to translate this affliction into something au and we get i don't know we get our lupus we get our cerebral palsy we get our everything else but we also occasionally get these deaf slash blind slash amputee you know there's all these different things Mm -hmm. that take it the other way like you were saying it it drops his physicality the other way yeah so it's really interesting that we've kind of made that translation of like okay if it's magical it's viewed almost like as a benefit, mm-hmm. right? He has all these things that are better than a regular human. But when we bring it into the non-magical world, now he's got all the, we have to make all these extra disabilities for him. So yeah. it's just a really interesting thing to uh, think about. I wonder if it's also cyclical though, right? Because we get, we tend to see this a lot in, in the fix that come out, in the art that comes out, in the discussions that we have. It it comes cyclical of you know, what kind of relationships they're in and it comes and goes. So we see a, a lot of, maybe we'll see a glut of taller Remus fix and then it, the fandom will turn on itself and we'll see tall Sirius fix. And so I think perhaps 
we've had a glut of uh, Remus being the poor downtrodden werewolf and we're almost taking it back and saying, hey, you know what? We can do badass, strong werewolf Remus. Yeah, so if you know of a fic, say, like, if you know a non-magic fic that is, has Remus being super strong, send yeah. it to us. If you're a bodybuilder <laughs> or something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give me, like, strong... Or write it and then AU. send it to us. Yes, please, please. <laughs> Send me, send me strong AU Remus picks. I would love it. <laughs> but then on the plus side, also, give me intellectual serious. Yeah. I mean, like, we have so many of these. Uh, like, serious is the dumb puppy. And uh, while I kind of love those picks, I think he's really cute. It's, it's adorable to see that. But also, we forget that Sirius Black was really smart. Yeah. And there's a very fine line, and some fics, of course, do it wonderfully, where he's brilliant and he can, you know, become an animagus without assistance, effectively, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. without without professional assistance. Mm-hmm. And yet he still, you know, has his moments of... Uh, of Dumbass. Yes. Yeah. But I, and then... But that's totally real. Like, I know friends who are like that. You know, I, I know people who are like incredibly academically smart, yeah. but yet they're, they're, they're life smarts or okay, are you ready? Are you ready for the D&D reference? Please give me a D&D reference. High intelligence, low wisdom. Yes. That's yes. serious. Okay, here's a game then. Here's a game. Serious. Okay. High intelligence, low wisdom, high charisma. Yes constitution i mean here doc he must eat some some yeah i would say decent i would say decent okay strength decent decent i don't know my sort of internal headcanon for Sirius is he's the quintessential english aristocrat and and so that doesn't sum up huge no i wouldn't i wouldn't make him very strong although he probably is is more dexterous than oh dex yeah his dex is off the chart, I reckon. Whereas Remus, let's flip it then. I think Remus is not very dexterous. No, I think he's very clumsy, but he's very strong. Yeah, I also think his constitution is way high. Yeah. Because that dude turns into a werewolf every month. You've got to have high constitution to stomach that. And I would say his wisdom is is high? probably pretty high. Mm-hmm. He has to know how to navigate the world. Yes. Charisma? Middling. Yeah. Slash low. Yeah, well... I, I mean, love him. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I would say... I would say... Mid, low mid. Because mm. he, he is... is he, he gets the kids on, there, on his side. Yeah. In Azkaban. In Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, he Everyone loves kids, him. But the general public doesn't like him very much. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Please, if you like D&D, how about <laughs> make Marauders character sheets? And send them to us. <laughs> or we will. And next episode we'll come back and we'll have DD Marauder character sheets. All right. Do you want to uh Yeah, geeky section over. <laughs> do you want to do our linguistic legacy? Yes. Segment? So this bit is our closing uh quote that sticks with us from a certain fic. And we've got a whole repository. Is that the right word? Repository? It is now. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a whole store of quotes. Uh, to read you, but we thought we'd start off with this strangely apt one from uh, something just like this by Shadow Prince on AO3. We'll link it in the description. But the quote goes, 
His mouth hovered over Sirius's, their breath shared, and when he spoke, their lips nearly brushed. This is a horrible idea, he murmured. Let's just do it and see what happens, Sirius repeated without hesitation. Which is fitting. That's, this yes. is a horrible idea. Let's just do it and see what happens. <laughs> We're thematic. Yeah. yeah, we are so on brand. <laughs> but okay, on a personal note here, uh, we've kind of been massively blown away by how much you guys loved the teaser and how excited you all seemed for it. We, you seem as excited as we are, and that's crazy encouraging. Yes, I'm, I'm so excited. I want to hear from you guys. Please, please write us and give us your opinions and thoughts, and we want to interact with you. Yes, absolutely. So. Tell us what you think. Tell us opinions. Are we talking out of our asses? Yes, but they might enjoy it anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes, but it's beautiful anyway. It's beautiful. Okay. We hope you'll join us for episode two, uh, which will be out. Oh, I suppose we should say our schedule, shouldn't we? This is fortnightly. Yeah, fortnightly. But really, what we're doing is releasing two episodes a month. One discussing the books, the Marauder's Place in the books, taking apart the books. The other one, interviewing a member of the Wolfstar community, whether they are an author, an artist, an art peer and anyone else who contributes to this wonderful fandom. Uh, we'll be sitting down with them, metaphorically. Yeah, we, we will feature community members to highlight their contributions and their opinions. With a capital O. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be having people on to talk about their opinions, their headcanons, and to get to know perhaps a little bit about the person. Yeah. Next time on Seriously Moons, we'll be interviewing a content creator in the fandom. You'll have to tune in and see who it is. But we're both quite excited to have this person on and get to chat about all of our favourite Wolfstar things. So two weeks time, check back here wherever you're listening and find episode two. Our fantastic theme music was composed for us by the equally fantastic Isabella Ness. You can check out her website in the notes below. Mischief managed.